you are listening to The Janine Garner Show. Janine is a leading expert on leadership and driving influence through networking and collaboration, passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Join Janine Garner as she shares insights, interviews and conversations, and let's together make the remarkable happen. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Unleashing Brilliance. Uh, welcome to those of you who may be here for the first time. Hi from me here in Sydney. Wonderful to have you here joining us today. And for those of you that are listening who are regular listeners, it's wonderful to have you back. Thank you so much. I am incredibly grateful for your ongoing presence and support of the work that I do. We've got a really exciting episode ahead for us today. Um, This episode is coming out on International Women's Day, uh, which is the 8th of March. We're in the year 2020. And over the course of the next week, I'm going to be sharing uh, some new episodes and old episodes from incredible women that um, are part of our world today um, that are inspiring people to drive change and that ultimately have um, got lots of messages to share around how they both unleash their own inner brilliance and the work that they do to unleash others. But for today, um, I'd love to introduce you to um, the amazing Kate Mason. Uh, Kate joined Coca-Cola Amatil in 2014, and she is currently the group director of people and culture, as well as having responsibility for business continuity and security. Prior to this, Kate was the Australian uh, human resources director and the chief transformation officer. But she began her career as a business graduate with Arthur Anderson in Sydney. And from there, she moved offshore for many years, holding global leadership roles in Singapore, London, New York and Zurich in companies such as Austray, TST Learning, Credit Suisse, and most uh, formerly Amcor. Um, The wonderful thing about Kate is her commitment to inclusiveness, diversity, and building thriving communities uh, where individuals are thriving to achieve their dreams. She has a significant track record of coaching and mentoring women at all stages of their careers across industries and geographies. And she is an in-demand public speaker uh, where she talks a lot about leadership, but most importantly, a lot about encouraging individuals to identify their passion and purpose so that they can really amplify their strengths and leave that positive legacy on the planet. The thing about Kate is she uh, she almost never stops. One of the, the things that drives her a lot is the impact that we can have on all parts of our lives. So she does a lot of work um, for the New South Wales Advisory Board at the Starlight Children's Foundation. Uh, she's a board member of the Coca-Cola Australia Foundation, and she's an advisory board member of the With You, With Me. She's a very busy woman who has done some extraordinary things. But when you talk to her, her biggest challenge passion, purpose and life is being a mum. Please welcome to the show, uh, grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and sit comfortably as you listen in to this wonderful conversation I had 
with the amazing Kate Mason. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have Kate Mason with me today online as part of our Unleashing Brilliance podcast. I was lucky enough uh, to meet Kate um, when I was invited to join the International Women's Forum, a community of incredible women around the world. Um, and Kate was the president of the Australian arm of that. And it's been wonderful to get to know Kate as we've connected over dinners and at events. But most of all, what's inspired me about Kate is um, her ongoing passion around uh, bringing out the brilliance um, in people that she connects with, especially the impact that uh, women can have in the workforce. So, Kate, thank you so much for joining me today. I feel uh, I feel honoured to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you, Janine. It is an absolute privilege and a pleasure to be, to be on your show. So I have no doubt our conversation is going to go all over the place with us two, but let's, let's, let's just kick off with, tell me a little bit about what it is that you're doing at the moment and um, how you ended up where you are today. Certainly. So right now I have the, the, the privilege of being uh, the Group Director of People and Culture for Coca-Cola Amateur. So that means I'm focused on all of our people in our six locations, around 20,000 people um, across Asia Pacific. The job is absolutely fascinating to me and the reason I am still in people and culture is I'm driven to create communities where all our people and all our customers can thrive. And that means ensuring that we're attracting the right people to all our various um, different locations we're developing and growing our people, and we're putting the people in the right roles, utilising their strengths. At the same time, working very much on leadership and ensuring leaders are setting the tone and creating the culture for high performance. Mm. That's a big job, Kate. <laughs> lots of, lot, and hopefully you can hear, I've got lots of passion, lots of energy, um, because it's really aligned to my purpose. Can you, if we, if we were to track back um, to when you were little, can you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up and why? Yes, very interestingly, I wanted to be a professional tennis player because <laughs> I wanted to travel the world and I thought that's the way I can be a professional tennis player. So, uh, uh, so uh, sorry, that's the way I can travel the world. So I've always been, I think growing up in Canberra, proud Canberran, I always knew that there was a big wide world out there and so I wanted that opportunity to travel. Um, unfortunately, my tennis skills uh, were very sorely lacking uh, so I needed to find a new career and it was actually when I was travelling and living in London and working for EMI Records that the role I was doing, someone came up and said, oh, you're the HR lady and so I like to say I fell into what I was doing, HR, and, and that has been given me the opportunity to, to live and work in, uh, in five different countries now. So I achieved one of my goals as, when I was young to uh, travel the world. But, yes, my tennis uh, game is still uh, not up to scratch. <laughs> You're still playing tennis, Kate? <laughs> I, I'm very badly still. It's, uh, it's been on the goal to go back to tennis for the, probably about the last five years. I think I managed one game last year. 
And talking tennis, wow, Ash Barty, talk about an, an inspiration for what she's achieved. I am so in awe of her. One of the things, um, the people that I'm really attracted to and are people that stay grounded, stay real and stay in their authentic selves. Mm. And Ash Barty, I think, is one of those young Australian tennis professionals um, and a fabulous ambassador for our country. Just the way in which she acknowledges that it's not her that will ever be successful on her own. Every single speech, it's about her team. And she talks in the we language. And there's some of my real favourite things. I'm not an I person. I really think you should talk on we. And, you know, we're never successful by ourselves in any of our jobs that we choose to do. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I'm. Uh, I think it really is together. Is the, togetherness is the only thing that will will ever drive change. Um, thinking about, you know, you talked about your time in London, and um, you also touched on the fact that your purpose is the thing that drives your work. Um, can you remember a, a watershed moment in your life that sort of has affected and? Uh, rounded you into this person that you are now? Is there one particular moment you can remember? Yeah, there's. Um, I was someone that didn't know what I wanted to do very early in my career. And uh, and I sort of was sort of, I think I was drifting along. I was a backpacker. I had done the wrong course really at university. Um, and I sort of fallen into, I took a graduate role at Arthur Anderson. And I uh, was going down the accounting track and really not enjoying that. So went travelling and one of the, actually the president of international marketing worldwide for um, EMI Records, I was just doing a temp job and he offered me um, a six-month contract um, to go on tour <laughs> with one of their artists. And uh, when I was chatting to him, I said, why me? And he said, well, what are you doing with your life and what are you doing with your career? And I didn't know. And it was the first time someone had actually questioned who I was, what I was about and what I stood for, and then suggested that here's what he had seen. And he had been someone that I'd only worked with for three weeks. And yet the generosity of spirit of him sharing his perspectives on me is something that I've always remembered. So he changed the course of my life because I actually did go on tour. I fell into HR. I found a passion. But it was that generosity of spirit that he chose to spend the time to help me when I was lost. And how has that experience filtered through to how you lead now in your work, do you think? How has that affected your leadership style? Yeah, so I would say um, first and foremost, I, as I said, my purpose is to continue to create communities where people and customers can thrive. And that's really, uh, so I'm driven very much by the, the people side, but I'm also driven by the business. And I'm, I'm proudly, you know, talk through both of those axes that, you know, we can't just be all really nice to each other and then not deliver results. So um, as a leader, how you build a diverse team is something that's really important because I'm driven for performance. So getting the right people with diverse ranges of skills and certainly skills that I don't have. So I'd say as a leader, I'm very, very aware of the skills and my strengths that I have, but also the skills that I don't have. And I create those within a team to get a really balanced team. 
Then as a leader, setting up an inclusive culture and a culture of trust and a, a really trusting each and every one of the individuals. And more and more as I've gone on is making sure everyone's very, very clear on what are the three things that they are going to have the greatest impact in in any particular year. We can all write laundry lists and we can all get caught in the minutiae and the operational, but what are the three things that I really want to deliver on this year? And one of those, I'm really big on continuous improvement and ensuring people are learning. What's the one of those that's going to stretch and grow you that is something different to the year before? So then setting up those accountabilities. And then the third thing is really coaching and developing and being an available leader to assist others to be their best. Because, again, we talked about Ash Barty. Kate Mason or any leader is never successful by themselves. It is literally the strength and the experiences, the engagement you drive within your team that will actually then lead to everyone bringing their best selves to work and then delivering a high performance, high quality, highly engaged. And also the other thing for me is a really fun and warm um, environment um, and it's amazing then the business results or as you would say you can totally unleash brilliance in yourself because you're motivated by your people and then the other people that you have the privilege to lead. Mm. So Kay I'm sure there's lots of nodding of heads um, of people that are listening to this right now in terms of yes absolutely I'd love that from my leaders and my my work environment but as you and I both know the reality isn't always like that. Um, and I think, you know, both of us are long enough in the tooth corporate <laughs> to experience the opposite. What are what have you you've seen in your career where where you go, it's almost like people are saying one thing but behaving differently that is having such a negative effect, um, either on individuals' careers or or on organizations. So the mistakes that people are making. Yeah, look, I would say there's a couple of things. Firstly, um, control. Mm. I think control, uh, a lot of leaders that I see want to control everything and they want to get involved in everything. And in my humble opinion, when you're trying to control everything, when you're trying to be involved in everything, when you're being a micromanager, um, that is a very, very difficult um, environment to work in. So the... Ability, I think, for leaders to know who they are, to be inwardly, inwardly sound themselves is very, very important. Because usually you're controlling from a place of fear, from a place of incompetence, from a place of not speaking up when you think you know things but you really don't. So it's, it's actually taking those leaders aside that are having the adverse impact on a community and a culture and, you know, high turnover rates, et cetera, and sitting down and actually putting the mirror up on the impact on the, the impact that they're having on people. Mm. And the words I always say is, are you shining a light? Are you creating an environment where everyone wants to do their best? Or actually, are you creating an environment where everyone's very fearful? It's really dark. People are second guessing themselves. They don't take the initiative and own the outcome because there's a, there's generally fear or there's um, indecision or lack of engagement or even lack of clarity of then what's my role versus what's my manager going to jump in and do. Mm. So I would say on that, 
Leadership is also about consistency, right? And it's consistency of thought, authenticity. So I think it's leaders knowing who they are, what their strengths are, what their strengths are not, and being open to share those with their people sets up a totally um, different environment to one of fear. Mm. Or do, you think people, do you think people find it, uh, do you think, th so you talked at the beginning about the most important thing is people that are grounded, real, and their authentic selves. And um, how easy do you think it is for people to bring their grounded, real, authentic selves to work? Yeah, I think it's, um, in my, I think it's, it's mixed. Mm. The greatest leaders I've worked with are so connected to who they are and they are very open and very gracious and generous leaders. They're also very humble. So we talked, I listen a lot. Um, when leaders talk uh, I, 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 mm. it's actually a warning signal for me to, to get worried. I get worried by that. So I, it's the language of leadership I think is very, very important and it's, it's telling then when you start to think about the leaders that you're working with, um, what is their language that they're actually using uh, as to, you know, obviously to continue to encourage the we language but when it's all about the I, you can just delve a little bit deeper and see where, you know, where some of the issues may lie. There might be, as I said earlier, high turnover um, low engagement. It's amazing how metrics suddenly line up and mm. you can see the impact of, um, I like to say, an immature leader. Mm. So, and that's a variety of reasons. So your question, you know, why do you think people struggle to turn up and be themselves? I think sometimes people haven't spent the time to find out who they are. Mm. I think they've had bad experiences early in their career, so they've learned one way of leadership. Mm. I think they've got other things going on in their lives that you have to, as leaders, you know, when you're a people leader, no matter what's going on in your personal life, you still have to show up and be professional mm. and not yeah. bring often the, you know, your outside world in and be blaming others in the workplace for issues that are going on in your broader life. Mm. No, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. I was um, attending a networking function last night and uh, the host of, of that function has just celebrated her 50th birthday. And um, she was reflecting on her journey over the 50 years and asked people in the room to reflect on their journey to here. I'm curious, Kay, if, if asking you that same question, reflecting on your journey to here, you know, what, what message would you love to have been able to go back in time and give yourself? Oh, you know, it's funny. It's, it's easy to say. Um, I think early on in my life I used to be very focused on the future mm. and what was going to happen to me and where was I going to live and where was I going to end up. And I probably missed some of the beautiful joy and brilliance of the present. So I, that's one thing for me is being, I've learned over time to just really obviously still continue to plan the future and, and be excited by the future, but to really enjoy the present, I would say, is the first thing. Uh, the second thing is uh, I wish I'd known about the importance of health earlier in my career. 
did all the wrong things, you know, sunbaked without, uh, you know, baby oil when I was a teenager, thought I could get brown and I'm, you know, very, very fair skinned. Um, did a lot of uh, the wrong eating and drinking and not staying healthy and all that stuff in my early 20s. So the, this importance of health and the importance of sleep is something I wish I'd learned earlier. I've learned that certainly in the last five or 10 years is you've got one precious life and the number one thing that you've got to watch is your health. Yeah. Um, the third thing is worrying. I would say I spend a lot of time worrying <laughs> and uh, sometimes you just have to let things be and, you know, focus on what you can change <laughs> versus what you can't change. And then finally um, would be, you know, just just enjoy. Enjoy the journey. Find joy every single day. Think about my kids always say the number one thing I've taught them is to find the positives in any situation. Mm, that's fabulous. Where's the, learning, where's the learnings? And that's drummed into their head and they go, you know, sometimes a, a work concept is really important at home. Take a growth mindset. Mm, absolutely. I love uh, that that comment, quit the worry. Um, and, you know, when I look at your career, you're, you, the work that you do um, in terms of that inclusive, belonging, diversity piece, you're a passionate uh, leader, advocate for coaching and mentoring women in all stages of their careers, I think really aligns itself to that piece around focusing on what you can change. Um, my question really is what, why is, why is it so important for you to be such a strong voice in this space of, uh, encouraging, uh, the women, uh, within our organizations to, to step up and equally a passionate voice amongst our beautiful men, uh, in terms of changing their understanding and awareness of what's going on in the world right now. Where's that driver come from and why is it so important for you? Thank you. So I've got to go backwards to come to present. I have an extraordinary mother. Um, so I was actually adopted and uh, my adopted mother was a trailblazer in her own right. Uh, she should have won a Nobel Prize for medicine in the 60s when her father did. And so if you can imagine being a medical scientist researcher in the 50s and 60s in a very male-dominated world, uh, uh, and yet, you know, she um, is still the smartest person I know at nearly 91. And it's not just about how smart you are, but also um, the impact that you can have on others and the way in which you can bit by bit uh, change the world and I would say my mother Dr Rose Mason I have also she went on to have uh, two other children um, herself which is fantastic and I have a severely disabled sister and so I my drive is I've been a carer since the age of six wow. I feel like I've seen my mother who would never ever say that her professional career was cut short she set up the first after-school care program in Australia for wow. other women who had kids with disabilities because she felt like she'd had her chance at a career. She was quite, she was 43 when my sister was born. So she stopped all the scientific, medical, the biggest brain you've ever, ever, ever seen. And she wanted other women to be successful. So that was in my teenage years. So she's just an inspiration. She's the person that inspires me. And she's also the person that taught me 
to be really, really this generosity of spirit as well and to always help others. The second thing I would say is I meet these incredible women in all walks of my life. Obviously, we're talking about my professional life, but my personal life and the boards I choose to sit on is all about creating communities where all people can thrive, and that's my purpose. Mm. And, you know, when I meet women that have had their careers cut short for a variety of different reasons and they haven't had the support to get back on their feet or that safety net, they've lost their self-confidence and no one else has given them a chance, certainly after they've taken long periods of maternity leave or they've had significant personal issues that they've, women are often carers, so they've taken on caring responsibilities. And then when it comes back to get it, getting in the workforce, they actually can't get back on their feet alone. So that drives me. And then from an, really from an economic be benefit, I've worked with so many smart women and I've learned from so many smart women and I just feel like it's so, it would be, it's such an injustice, right? Not to have smart women alongside smart men and together all trying to achieve a common objective or a common outcome. Oh my gosh, I just got goosebumps as you were, as you were talking there. <laughs> um, and aligning with that, um, I just want to talk, given, you know, the time of year that we're in about your role uh, as well founding director and then you were the president of the International Women's Forum and uh, you're such a massive advocate and uh, uh, so much involvement so much drive as part of that community um, what is it about that community that you that you love? So in 2010 I was living in Switzerland and I was the one of the very few women managing directors at Credit Suisse and it was very lonely in Switzerland at the Zurich International School in uh, two of my children's year groups, there was only one other working mother. It was all males because Zurich's still quite um, a banking capital. So they're all the expats that I was meeting at the International School. Um, they were all, the men were the ones working. So we're only talking 10 years ago. There was one other woman and she used to go away to these conferences and come back feeling like she could conquer the world. And I used to talk to her. I used to say, it's like you've gone away to a cult for those last three or four days and you've come back. And she said, oh, I'm a fellow and I'm part of this big global organisation called the International Women's Forum. And I used to think, wow, how cool is this? There wasn't a forum in Switzerland. So uh, anyway, she'd go and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then a few months later she asked me, she said, we have a philosophy that we never leave a sister or I shouldn't say sister, but we never leave another IWF person um, alone when they travel. So for women that are big, you know, business women that are travelling all over the world, there's a lot of lonely nights eating room service because you mm. don't want to be down in the bar or eating by yourself or worried about your own safety. So she asked me to host um, one of these women coming in, and that was Helen Rule. And so I had her to my house. Again, I believe in generosity of spirit. And over the course of one dinner, um, realised there wasn't a forum in Australia, which I found quite surprising when I really understood what this was about. It's about a women's organisation, women inspiring women, you know, never gets old, right? Um, women supporting each other, women advocating for each other, women um, opening the doors for each other and celebrating each other's successes and being there when, when you know, we have those falls um, fall downs, etc. And I just, 
I just went, we have to have that in Australia. That is so important for equality um, in my home country. So um, I vowed then with Helen that when I returned from being an expat, I would be part of forming the International Women's Forum in Australia. It's been a great, it's been one of the greatest privileges of my whole career. I'm now a past president, still on the board. The three years as president was awesome. And now actually just at the end of last year, I was just appointed to the global, I'm part of the now the global board and setting up new forums in other countries for other women to be, um, have that same wonderful sisterhood experience. So it's a real privilege to now take what we've done in Australia and now continue to work on that internationally and ensure that we have better global equality in uh, countries where uh, we know this will, will have a great impact on, on that aim. And it's incredible to, to see the impact of togetherness at those events, whether it be a dinner for 10 people or the international conferences um, where people from around the world, women from around the world come together to, to connect and to inspire each other to do more. So, you know, congratulations on everything you've done and everything that collectively the IWF is, is doing. What is, when we talk, this podcast is all about unleashing brilliance. And for me, it's very closely aligned to, to your purpose around creating communities where people can thrive. Um, the reason I'm so passionate about this is I truly believe that when individuals uh, leaders, teams, organizations are able to unlock that brilliance in leadership, whether it be self-leadership or leadership of others, then we are able to create communities where people can connect better because they're bringing their true selves to their work. Um, they can collaborate better and ultimately we can lead better. And I totally believe that this is the only way we can get extraordinary results. And isn't that what we want for our communities, our businesses, and our families, and that's that's my purpose to to unlock leadership brilliance as much as I possibly can to help create this future leadership pipeline that is going to change not just organisations but people's lives because of the impact it has through the line through to you know everybody watching uh, their families, their friends, and all that sort of stuff, and and that's what gets gets me out of bed in the morning. And in the in the spirit of that, I think there's a beautiful alignment with your work around thriving organisations. And um, my question is again in this this female space: what is your what is your wish? If you could give advice to the to the women uh, that are listening to this podcast, and either the same advice or a slightly different message to the beautiful men that are listening to this podcast. What what would what would be your message to them? Oh, thank you. Well, and I couldn't agree more with what your summary there. Uh, first of all, I'd love to say a big hello to the men. Uh, I'm very proud to have the most supportive partner. Who, when I'm down and when I have a bit of self uh, self doubt, uh, reminds me of my brilliance and uh, what a gift that is. So, and it is a quality. It was going to take each and every one of us to do that. So um, I, I, a real shout out to, to the very proud and educated and awesome men who are absolutely leading this with their head, with their heart and having courage to stand up to others that might not yet have uh, understood the journey that we're on. For me, the big thing I would say calling out to all of the other women um, is, you know, we stand together. 
find women who are wanting, who you know will support you, and men. Get get people around you that are actually going to be in your corner, and I don't mean the yes people. I think for me, some of my best advocates are the people that challenge me the more. They call me out when I'm being ridiculous. They ask me the questions that I haven't dared to ask myself. They see things in me that I haven't yet seen in myself. Wow, those are the conversations that just inspire me. They lift me. They unleash then more, hopefully more brilliance in me. So I do think it's the people that um, you um, surround yourself with, but you've got to listen. Right, I, I think one of the skills, underrated skills, is listening. So more and more in my career, I've really stopped and listened to the messages, listened to what's been said, listened to not what's been said, and I've also been really curious to ask for feedback and to ask where, look, I just don't think I did the right thing there. So you've got to be very vulnerable and say, I'm not feeling okay about that particular meeting or the impact I had there, you know, can you give me your perspective? Can you give me a different, I might have got too close to it emotionally, what what else could have I done here? So that ability to want to listen, ability to want to change um, is, I think, you know, that's what drives me as well. And I just say to, you know, be on a continuous improvement journey, be maximising your strengths, watch those shadows, watch the things that are, you know, you know you're not really good at or you're pretending to be good at, but, you know, um, max the strengths and keep evolving, keep developing. And the final thing, women often don't take opportunities. And I would say just jump in and give things a go. This fear of failure I think is one of the worst things that holds us back. Yeah. And so I just jump in and go, look, if I fail, I've got a sisterhood, I've got people around me that, um, you know, I'll pick up the pieces for. And then equally I would say to other women, let's support each other. One of the greatest privileged times is when a woman or I call an IWFA sister rings me up who's had a very, you know, a really challenging um, business situation happen. They've lost their jobs. They've been part of a restructure. They've got significant issues with family members with teenage children and they ring up and they invite you in to listen to them mm. and they want to they just want someone to hear them they just want someone you know sometimes just knowing that someone's there for you and I would say that to other women mm. yeah love it Kate as we as we wrap up um you taught with a lot of uh love and compassion for your and an inspiration and admiration for your adopted mother um my question is if I could bring her on the podcast right now what would you say to her uh, <laughs> I would say firstly thank you and my utmost gratitude for giving me a gracious and a generous life for bringing me up, for instilling in the in values in me that are continuing to drive me now at 53. And I would also say thank you for showing me a way 
to be able to be a better person, to always be generous, to always be kind, and to ensure that you live every single day of your life knowing that you only have one precious life. So thank you, Rose Mason. Oh, you've nearly made me cry. I'm quite emotional about that. And um, Kate, I, I want to thank you for being the inspiration that you are and for continuing Rosie's legacy um, because you are a living and breathing embodiment of everything that you just said there. And uh, I am honoured to know you. And as a result, I hope I can uh, continue to be part of this fabulous journey that we collectively are on which is one of creating, you know, thriving careers, lives, communities for people and helping all of these amazing people out there, these human beings out there to be the best that they can be because it's only in that way that we can we can change anything. Kate, it's been an absolute joy to chat with you. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you, Janine. And um, just a call out to all the men and women out there, um, you know, live love and be be kind to each other it's um uh, and then you 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 have happy and joyful lives thank you kate thanks thanks janine a, a privilege we hope you enjoyed listening to the janine garner show to follow her blog purchase her books or find out more visit her website janinegarner.com.au brilliant people extraordinary results